You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. It's such a privilege to be here. Um, some of you may know this or may not know, but um, this church uh, sponsors me as a, as a missionary. I get, I'm going out and I'm preaching the gospel all over the world. And, you know, I'm so excited that you guys are with me and for me. I want to just encourage you and tell you, you know, the media, they tell us that the church is dead. No one wants to know about God. We're a post-Christian culture. I want to tell you that there are hundreds of people becoming a Christian every week. And we're seeing God do amazing things, yeah? It's like God is on the move and it's so exciting. I am... Last, uh, some of you know about this, but uh, I've been cycling over the Alps um, to raise money to get a, a perfect venue at the Edinburgh Fringe. The Edinburgh Fringe is the biggest comedy festival in the world. And uh, when I was a little lad, I was 16, I used to go and watch comedians ripping the name of Jesus to shreds, ripping Christianity apart. And as a 16-year-old lad, I sat there and said, one day I'm going to stand on that stage and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. And it's brilliant, wonderful that I'm getting the opportunity to do this. And uh, we've done it for the last couple of years and we've sold out our venue. So we wanted to get a venue right in the center spot of, of, of the festival. And so we, I, I rode over the Alps, cycled every day, seven hours God did not make our bottoms to do that, yeah? That is not what God had in mind when he created our bums. And uh, it's like, oh, seven hours on a bike. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for Vaseline. So the thing is, um, some people wrote that in their journal then. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for Vaseline. We thank you, Lord. So the thing is, <laughs> they're going to look back on that in a few months going, what was that sermon about? So the thing is, is that like it was like such a long way, but we did it, and it's really exciting that we've we've raised over six thousand pounds to get an incredible venue at the Fringe. And so, please, next year, will you please pray for us next August when I'm going to be there lifting up the name of Jesus? It's going to be wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. So it's summertime. It is summertime. Things that you learn when you're on a British summertime is number one. It is possible to sweat in the rain yeah that is a possible people are like that's our summer right there sweating in the rain what is that what is going on with our weather one minute you're like wow this is amazing the next minute you are running for cover it is like what is that the second thing about a British summer what happens to men that they think as soon as a little bit of sun comes out, that they can take their tops off, yeah? What happens? There are some men in this room who know that they should never take their top off, ever. It's like, wow. It's like, oh, I've seen some sights this summer where you're like, oh, Jesus, heal my eyes. Heal my eyes. That No one should have to see that. That is not right. The third thing about summer that I wanted to chat about is that what is it about British summer where we feel the sun comes out? So we think, right, that's it. 
now we have to eat outdoors, yeah? We have to forget cooking in the kitchen. We've got to eat. Some of you have been on picnics where it have been raining, but because it's July and August, you're like, yes, eat outside, yeah? <laughs> Men never cook, and then the word barbecue comes up, and they are suddenly chefs, yeah? <laughs> what is that? Men are like, don't worry, love, I've got this. No, you've not. You've never cooked in your life, yeah? You're like, no, when it comes to barbecue, I'm your man. No, it's a lie of the devil, yeah? <laughs> Put the stuff away and let the proper people cook, yeah? Yeah. It's like, wow, it's true. People doing barbecues, it's pouring rain, and they're there with their little sausages and their hamburgers, and they're like, oh, don't you love summer? No. <laughs> cook inside. What's wrong with you? And so I wanted to kind of draw our attention to like a little bit in the Bible where there was some food outside. I don't know if you've got a Bible, but if you've got one, I'd love you to look in John chapter 6. And we're going to see some verses. I believe that God is really moving in this place today. I'm sure like me, you felt the presence of God. Did you feel the presence of God? And uh and I really feel God wants to say some good stuff. So let's listen. Oh, John chapter 6, the Bible says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. And then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Wow. This is an amazing story. A little boy has his mom pack up a little packed lunch for him. He takes the packed lunch to go and listen to this man called Jesus. And while he's sitting there, people are getting hungry as Jesus is teaching. And this little boy with his little loaves and his little fish, suddenly the disciples are panicking. They're having a meltdown. They're like going, Jesus, lots of people are here. Lots of people have not eaten for a long time. I love that they're telling the Son of God what the deal is, yeah? Like Jesus, you know, he created the world and they're telling him there's a crowd. I think Jesus spotted that there was a crowd, yeah? He saw that. And then they're like panicking, saying, what are we going to do? Like, How can we feed all these people? And then the little boy hands over his fish and his, and, and his loaves 
and the food's brought to Jesus and he does a stupendous, incredible, powerful miracle. But this is what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about that there's a miracle before the miracle. There's a miracle before the miracle. You see, it's great to get excited about Jesus putting his hands on that bread and that fish and thousands being fed. But I want to talk to you. I want to communicate to your soul today that something else happened before that miracle. There was another miracle that happened. The miracle that happened before the miracle is that that little lad, he had to overcome his own limiting thoughts. He had to overcome his own limiting thoughts. You see, that little boy, he could have been there and he's thinking, oh, it's only a tiny bit of fish. It's only a tiny little bit of bread. Or maybe he's thinking to himself, how can this little picnic make a difference with these thousands of people? Or maybe he's thinking, it's just something my mom rustled together in our kitchen. It's not going to be any good for the son of the living God. What's, what's this? See, the little boy could have had all of those limiting thoughts. But the incredible thing about the story is that he overcame his own limiting thoughts. He had to overcome his own limiting thoughts so that he could step forward and say, listen, I'm willing to give this to Jesus. See, I love you guys, but I felt God told me to come and speak to you and say, get over yourself. Get over yourself. You see, so often we've got these limiting thoughts in our mind. We have these limiting thoughts and we never even let God have the opportunity to do a miracle because we're already limiting God because we've got these limiting thoughts going on in our mind. How what have I got to offer? I've not got much. This is not a big deal. See, preachers come and they preach. We've got to be an overcomer. We've got to overcome Satan. We've got to overcome the devil. And you know, many of us are, wow, yes, that is powerful. But you know, I want to say that for many of us today, we've got to overcome ourselves. We've got to overcome ourselves. That little lad didn't need to overcome Satan. He needed to overcome his own limiting thoughts. You see, friend, maybe you're different from me, but I, all the time, I've got this narrative going on in my mind. I've got these thoughts that are always at the front of my head, which are telling me, no, 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 you can't do that. No, 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 don't do that. No, 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 it'll, it'll, you know this is just going to fail again. And he's limiting thoughts. I don't know what culture you're from. I'm Scottish. And you know, Scots, we've got the reputation that we're tight-fisted. We don't spend much money. You know, the joke about the Scots is that, you know, we drop 50 pence and we're so quick to pick it up, it hits us on the back of the head. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I can have this narrative going on about my own culture that, oh, I'm Scottish, and so, oh, you know, scarcity, and I can have all of that going on. And I don't know what culture maybe you've got that runs through a little reel through your mind, but we can often have these thoughts that are limiting. We can have these thoughts that are like, well, you know, somebody in this room's already looked and thought, oh, well, look at them. It's all right for them. 
wish it was them. Nice dress she's got on. I wish I was wearing that. Yeah, and that's some of the guys that are saying that. And it's like, it's just a joke. It's a bit of a joke till Jesus gets back. Yeah, don't worry. But you know, the truth is, is that like, it's like, you know, we have this narrative. We have these things going through our mind. We, we have these limiting thoughts that, oh, I'm not worth much. I can't do much. I'm not as good as them. They're better than me. We like look sometimes and we see ministry on the front and we think, oh, they're amazing. Look at them. It's like, wow. You know, like build up these limiting thoughts like in our head and we're kind of like, you know, oh. I was like making a few guys, I got like living Nottingham and I was making them laugh because, you know, like people see me preaching the word of God. They're like, oh, Mark, he's a man of God. Oh, he's awesome. He's holy. I'm sure every morning they get up at 2 a.m. to pray for eight hours before church. And like if people, I was like driving into church the other day, my whole family were arguing and fighting in the car. And like everyone shouting at each other. We pull into the car park and we get out and someone, hiya Mark, and, hey, <laughs> Jesus, hey, praises, yeah, and you're laughing because you know that's true in your car as well, isn't it? And the thing is, is that, like, you know, often we can have this, like, narrative, this negative narrative where we're kind of like, oh, you know, we, we have crippling, limiting thoughts. And that little boy, he could have just put his packed lunch back into the rucksack because he's listening to his limiting thoughts. But the miracle that happens before the miracle is that the little boy was able to get over himself. He was able to say, do you know what? I'm not going to listen to it. It's not my problem about whether it's a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. Jesus can deal with that. It's not my problem whether there's enough for everybody. God will sort that. What I've got to do is I've got to give the little bit that I've got. See, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to get past, crash our limiting thoughts. Speaking to your soul right now, and I'm, I'm feeling that there are people in the room that, you know, the past, things that have happened in the past, limit us. We've been here before. Stuff hasn't worked out the way we, we wanted it to work out. I, I'm talking to people right now and I feel that there are people who are listening to me and, and, and you've stood and, and, and there's been moments where you've been confronted by situations. Where you've been intimidated by things and you found yourself backing off. You found yourself giving ground. You found yourself just easing back. And here we are today and God's come to you and he's saying, listen, I don't want you to be limited by the things that have happened in the past. I don't want you to have your past failures, your past mistakes intimidating you to the point where you're limited. But I want you to live in freedom, says God. I want you to live in victory, says God. I want you to eyeball some of the things that have intimidated you in the past. To look at them square in the eye and say, do you know what? My victory is found in Christ. Oh, there are people and we have the limiting thoughts come. It's just going to be like how it was before. It's just the way it is again. This always happens to me. I'm back round at this again. I'm back in this situation. 
I'm speaking what God's telling me to say and there's somebody in the room and you've had a few victories when it's come to the internet but you've also had some disasters on the internet and you, you find yourself back here again. You find yourself looking at stuff again and then you remember all the past failures and you find yourself giving ground. Maybe for some of us today, we're going to eyeball and we're going to confront those fears and those intimidating failures and we're going to look at them square in the eye and we're going to say no more. I'm not giving ground anymore. I'm going to stand tall and I'm going to stand strong. Some of us were like in a financial situation. We're back where we've been before and we're like, oh, this is exactly what happened. And oh, no, I'm giving ground again. But no, 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 we're going to step forward. I wanted to tell you about something that happened to me recently that uh, it was incredibly encouraging for me. Um, I've just had a really significant birthday. I know you're looking thinking it must be 30. He must be 30 now, yeah? Some of you are going, he is not 30, no way. It's not even 40, it's 50. I've just been, I was 50 just a few months ago. 50, that's half of a century. I have been all, I, I, I've got young people. This, this happened to me in a youth event this summer. This little girl comes up with her mom and the mom comes up and she's crying. She goes, oh, this is amazing. Mark, when I was 14, I became a Christian when you were preaching. And now my daughter's 14 and she's become a Christian when you're preaching. I'm like, Is that encouraging? Is that encouraging in any way whatsoever for me? Are you basically coming up and saying you're the oldest man we've ever met in our lives? See, the thing is, I've got this kind of little thing that has kind of become a bit of a deal. See, there's this place in the Lake District, in the mountains, and, and it's called Black Moss Pot. It's a deep pool. And then we stumbled upon it. And the thing about this deep pool is there's two places that you can jump into this pool. There's like a lower ledge. And then there's like a high ledge that's like kind of Tom Daly sort of diving stuff. Yeah. Olympics kind of it's high. And uh, I've gone quite a few times to this deep pool. And uh, I've jumped in the lower end. It's been good. The lower ledge is fine. I've done that a few times. I, um, I even took my side, ah, I, I, I made a bit of a mistake. I read an American book, yeah? I read an American book, and it was all about boys becoming men. My son was 13, and I thought, I'm going uh, to do this. So I took him up the mountains. I said, son, you were a boy, now you are a man. We're going to jump into this deep pool together. And he's like, Dad, have you read an American book? It's like, I have, I have, I have, I have. He says, stop reading them. It's destroying my life. So the thing is, we went up there. We went on the lower ledge. My son jumped in. I jumped in. It was all great, amazing. I've been there quite a few times. But then when I was like 32, I went there. When I was 32, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to jump off that higher ledge. I wanted to jump off the higher ledge. So I went up there. And it's, it's high. It is high. And I'm standing there. I don't know if you've ever done that thing where you're like looking. And you're looking down and you're like, uh, 
Okay, Mark, come on, come on, you can do this. Have you ever done that thing where you're talking to yourself? Come on, you can, you can do this. You're a champion, you are a winner, you are a winner. You are a winner, come on, you are a champion. You can do this, you've got this, you've got this. I'm looking down, I'm looking down, you've got this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is nothing, this is nothing, this is nothing. This is, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I backed off 32. I remember when I was 35, I was there again. And uh, I was 35 and Jordan and me were jumping in the lower, lower ledge and, and then this, this group of guys came. This group of guys, they were probably like 25, 27 years old. There's four or five of them. You know when you're 25, 27, I'm sure there are some guys in now, 25, 27. Yeah, you can do anything, yeah? You don't care. You'll jump off the top. You don't even care if there's water in there or not. You're like, I'm 27. Nothing can happen to me. Yeah. And these guys came and they saw Jordan and me jumping in a little bit. And they, they, uh, they had a little laugh at us. They went up to the top ledge. And all of them, boom, straight in, boom, boom, boom. And an interesting thing happened. I felt intimidated by these young guys. I felt intimidated, look at them, just going up, just done it. I've been piddling around on the lower ledge. And they were up there. And interesting, this is fascinating because what happens is that that intimidation underlined my already limiting thoughts. I'd already got the limiting thoughts, oh, I can't do it, I'm not sure I can do it. And then the intimidation came and just underlined, emphasized, agreed with my limiting thoughts. And I want to speak to you today because, you see, that's what I believe Satan does. That's what I believe that the devil does. You see, we have limiting thoughts and the devil comes along and the devil agrees with him. He underlines them. He emphasizes them. He's like, you're right, you are right. You can't do this. You're right. The enemy comes along and the enemy's like, oh man, this is, you're, you're never going to do it. What are you even thinking? Just, just admit, just accept it. But you know what? I thought, no. When I came 50, I says to Tamsin, I says, Tamsin, I want to go to the deep pool. She's like, oh, Mark, give it up. I goes, no, no, I'm going. I says, I'm going. I'm going to get some friends. Pastor Martin from here, he came with me. A whole group of friends came. And we went up. We made a weekend of it. We had barbecue. and we had, It was great, great, great. And then on the Saturday, we went up. We went up, and it was raining. And I was like, oh, no. And then my friend Andy gets down to his shorts. He gets up, gets on the higher ledge, jumps off, comes out of the water. And he's went, right, Mark, you now. That's a lot of pressure on me right now. There's a lot of pressure on me. All the guys are looking at me. I'm thinking, oh man, there's only two things that I can do. I can either go and do it, or number two, I can fall on the ground and pretend to have a spiritual experience, yeah? <laughs> I could do that. Just start shaking a bit, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, that's what I could do. I could do. I could pretend that I'm just, oh, I'm under the pressure. I would go, I would do it. I would do it, but I'm under the presence right now. Yeah, I just can't, I can't do it while I'm under the presence. Thought about that. I thought, no, no, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. That's called lying, isn't it? That is lying. And so uh, what was funny, 
I didn't tell the guys in the first services, but I feel like I can tell you guys. Is it my friend Andy? He'd gone because you have to go across the river, and it, was, and it was raining, and he was there in his shorts, and he took off his jumper and his coat and his T-shirt, and he put them in a, a bag, and he threw them over, and Pastor Martin caught the bag, yeah? And then two minutes later, I'm across the river in my shorts. I'm at the edge, take off my T-shirt, do I jump on my coat, put them all in a bag, throw them straight into the river. <laughs> straight into the river. <laughs> These guys were killing themselves. Everything dry, everything dries in a bag, boom, into the river, yeah, yeah, that'll work. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, all the limiting thoughts, all the thoughts from before, all the times that I've been up here before, and I'm excited to tell you guys that I thought, no, 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 I'm going to smash the limits, and I jumped in, and pfft, I, got, I came straight back, it's freezing in there, yeah, it's freezing, I, I leapt out of that water like a salmon, it was so cold, I could not feel anything from my nose down, yeah, I was like, ah, but I came out there, yeah, thank you for clapping, that was lovely, thank you, I came out, and I absolutely delighted. I was so excited. All these guys looked at me, they're all clapping and cheering. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I scored the goal at the FA Cup final. I was like, yeah. And then uh, they all started walking down the mountain. I had to get a couple of bits. And I went back to get these bits in there. I was totally on my own, on my own, no one around. And I went, yeah. And I even cheered on my own. That is weird, yeah. And uh, my wife's told me not to tell anyone that. And. Uh, it's like I'm so excited. But you know, guys, what I'm communicating to you today is this. Is that you see, we've got to overcome our limiting thoughts. And we've got to get to the place where, like, you know, those, those little patterns, those negative thoughts that come in, those intimidating things that tell you that you can't do it, those things that where you say, do you know what, I, I'm not sure I'm up to this. I, I've been here before, I've stood on this ledge before, and the last time I backed away. And some of you, you're thinking about things in your life right now where you've looked and you've thought, I, I, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do this. And then you, you, you've backed away and the enemy wants to agree with you and tell you that's your limit that's your limit you'll never overcome your limit and we look at the bible and the bible says you can do all things through christ who strengthens you the bible says come on god is with you greater is he who is with you than he that is against you and it's like you know what we start speaking another language and we're not listening to the negative narrative wow boom so what about your life this week? What about what's going on? What about the intimidation that's coming to your life? In the presence of God, when we were getting led so beautifully a few moments ago, God says, Mark, it's all right giving it some of that on the platform, but come on, there's a couple of areas in my life that I'm gonna go back, that I've backed away from, but I'm stepping forward. I'm meeting some friends this week and they're going through a tough time and you know, I, I'm going to have to share with them and it's going to be a tough, tough time. And I've got a narrative that goes through my mind that I'm not a very good counsellor. I'm not very good in that situation. I've had a few times where it hasn't gone that well. But God's speaking to me and saying, I've got to man up and I've got to get over myself. I've got to get over my limiting thoughts. 
And I've got to stand up tall and I've got to say, God, I'm your man. And I'm going to give you the little that I've got. Would you do an incredible miracle with that? Oh. See, I, I wanted to speak a word into your soul today that says, that little boy, and this is quite an incredible thought to think, but if he'd allowed these limiting thoughts to win, if he'd have thought, do you know what? It's tiny. It's a little bit of fish. It's a little bit of bread. Stick it back in the picnic box. Stick it in the rucksack. Keep your gob shut. If that is what the little boy had done and given in to his limiting thoughts, guess what? Thousands of people would not have been blessed. Oh, that's a thought. You see, because it's easy to think, well, it's all right for me to think I'm rubbish. It's all right for me to think I'm not much because the only person it's affecting is me. That's not true. That is not true. You see, friend, when you're listening to your limiting thoughts, when you're saying, oh, I've not got very much to give, I've not got much to offer, you're not just affecting you, but you're affecting everybody that you live with. You're affecting your family. You're affecting even the people in this church. You're affecting absolutely multitudes of people because if you listen to your limiting thoughts, you're stopping them from being blessed. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? This is no longer just your own little pity party. This is no longer just about you kind of being like, well, you know, I've never been much and I've not got much to give. This is actually about you stopping other people from being blessed. That little boy, because he was able to get over himself, he saw thousands blessed. There are people in this room and they're like, oh, do you know what? I'm not sure I've got very much. What could my little... I'm not a great singer like that. I'm not a great guitarist. I'm not. Wow. It's time for you to bring what God has given you and to give it and to allow God to do the incredible miracle. Let God do the miracle. Let Jesus do what only Jesus can do. It's like, wow. You see, when I was that little pitiful kid, 16, my voice had hardly broken, sitting at the fringe, just a tiny little skinny lad looking, going, one day I'm going to be on that stage and I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I was just a tiny little kid. But guess what? Jesus saw this little fish and loaves that I was offering him. And wow, God has taken that. And we've seen our venue sold out two years in a row. And now we're about to do a venue right in the very center of the fringe. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And the presence of God is going to be in that venue. And salvation is going to come. Wow. And you bring what you've got to bring. You see, you, you might not be a platform ministry, but you, you might just say, oh, I'm just in the car park. If God asks you to be on the car park, you be the greatest and the best car park attendant that has ever been. You park cars like it is no problem, yeah? You gotta get God to bring cars and pile them on top of That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That's just a joke. People just saying, well, the preacher said it, so come on, get your car on top of that one. It's like, oh. You know, 
If you are the guy that's going to do welcome team, if you're the lady that's going to do welcome team, you be the best welcomer that this church has ever seen. You be like, you know what? I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. Oh, I want to bring my little offering to Jesus and let Jesus do the miracle. And it's like, wow, God. I really feel to speak this over you now, guys, that God is doing something significant in Coventry at this time. I want to be really strong with you. This is a defining time. You know what will stop God from moving in Coventry? It is not Satan. It's not the devil. It's not the hordes of demon power. They are done. Jesus sorted that at the cross. It's our limiting thoughts. It's us thinking, oh, well, we're just a little church in Coventry. Do you know what? We're just meeting a few, just a few of us meeting together. What is going on? In this church, there is a momentum in God that is happening in this church that will shake this city. There's God is on with something. I'm, I'm keeping up with Pastor Martin and, and he's telling me all about the two services and he's telling me about the vision offering and he's telling me about these incredible things. And I'm listening and I'm like, wow, God, you are on with something. This is a defining moment. And you know what? If we want to see the housing estates impacted in Coventry, if we want to see the schools and the pubs and the nightclubs impacted by Coventry, in Coventry, we have got to have a sense where we get over ourselves and we say, oh, we're not going to limit you on this God. We are not going to limit you on this God. God, you can do powerful things. You can do powerful. turning housing estates around in the name of Jesus because a group of people decided we're not going to limit what God can do. We're going to enjoy what God does. Does this make sense? It's like, oh, you see, I, 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 I want to go. I'm just going off on one for a, a minute, but I get upset at like at churches. I get upset at churches who are just kind of clinging on and holding on to what they've got. And it's just like, cling on till Jesus gets back. Little huddles that are like, oh, we're just going to stick in this little group until Jesus gets back. It's like, oh, if we would only give ourselves to God and God will not just impact this church community, but there are people right now that are not in this building and are not even thinking or dreaming about this building, but in the next few months, they're going to get radically saved and turned around in God because of the mindset in this place that says we got over ourselves. We're not going to limit anything. God, we're not going to limit you. We're not going to limit you. We're going we're gonna like, to let people sit in our seats. We're going to like, we're going to be excited about new people coming through the doors. We're not going to be saying, these loaves and these fishes are mine. My mom made these. I've come to this church for 50 years. I like the music like this. I like it when the preacher's preaching like that. I do not like it when he's preaching to these unsafe people. That's not what I come to church for. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? I hear some guys talking to me like that, and I'm like, Jesus, can I just one punch? Just let me have one punch, yeah? 
Just one punch. Look away for a moment. I'll, uh, I promise you'll make it hard and clear, yeah? It's like, church, we're not about being in a huddle, kind of just waiting until Jesus gets back. If we can get over ourselves, if we can have a heart that says, we exist for the people who are not even here yet. If we can have a passion in a heart that says, you can have my seat, please have my seat. I will be happy to stand at the back because salvation is coming. Oh, and our heart is that we just want to share this thing. See, I, I don't like, I don't like that. Let me, I'm, I'm going to get past this in a minute, but I don't like the fact that churches sometimes, have you ever been on the wrong end of an inside joke? Have you ever, have you ever been in that thing where people are laughing about something, but you don't know what it is? Have you ever been, it's horrible, isn't it? You, you know, have you ever had that where you're like, they're laughing and you kind of go, oh yeah, well, well, <laughs> what, what, what is that you're laughing at? Because I have no idea. And, and, and maybe sometimes you've had that thing where they don't tell you what it is. And you, you don't really, you know something's going on, but you don't know what the joke is. It's not a great feeling. And I, I want to speak strongly right now. But sometimes that's how we have made people that are not yet Christians feel. Like they're, they're, they're on the wrong end of some kind of, what, what have these guys got going on? And we're all loving it. And we're like, <laughs> that is amazing that you don't even know what this is. That is not what God is about. The gospel is accessible that we would share and that we would see people whose lives are wrecked and trashed come into this place and in all of their chaos, they would find Jesus. Let me say these words. People whose sexuality is confused and broken and a little bit messed up come in and we don't judge them, but we actually receive them and say, Ah, oh, we're going to get over ourselves and we're going to give you the greatest welcome that you've ever received. And we're going to watch God's love melt your heart and God do the miracle that only God can do. Ah. Oh. We're wanting to get over ourselves. We want to get over our limiting thoughts. We want to get over our limiting thoughts. But I absolutely love this, that the Bible says that there are 12, unbelievably, the Bible says, that, is it, how many baskets is there? Is it, at the end, there's 12 baskets. At the end, overflow, overflow. Wow. Let me just say that we've moved the story incredibly. The disciples were talking about scarcity. And we've moved from scarcity to overflow. Turn your limiting thoughts into thoughts of abundance. Ah, oh, I love this. I love the thought of, of, of turning our limiting scarcity thoughts. There's not enough to go around. How can we feed all these people? This is going to be a nightmare. We've not got enough. And then some kid gets over himself, gets over his limiting thoughts, and wow, God does a miracle, and there is abundance. There's overflow. There is feast. Don't you just love this? Don't you just love the fact that Jesus did not just give them all a happy meal and left everybody feeling like, oh, I could have just had a bit more. Do you know what I'm saying? 
you know when you eat like small, ah, we were at this meal, you know, I know, I know, I know it's posh food and it's like master chef stuff and it's like all fine dining and we're eating this and I'm thinking, I want a kebab, <laughs> yeah. I'm just eating it the whole time thinking as soon as we get out of here, we're going for chips, yeah? And I just love the fact that when God blesses, it's like overflow, it's abundance. It's like, eat as much as you like. Can you imagine the little kids that are there going, how many of them am I allowed? How, how many? And Jesus is going, have as many as you want. And the mom's like, oh, you're only allowed two. Mm, have as much as you want. The kids are just like, you know, and you're like, when your mom says you're going to eat as much. I mean, I remember going my first eat as much as you like buffet. And you're just there as a kid, aren't you? You're like, oh, this is amazing. I mean, you're not putting stuff on plates. You're just picking up the thing and it's, it's like, come on. You see, what I love is that we've gone from scarcity to abundance. And that our thinking would go from scarcity into abundance. That we would like, here's a great, great line. And please, I want you to hear this. That we would... See, this is what I want to say to somebody in the room somewhere. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. Yeah, people like just those guys, those women that are always talking about, well, you just like, you know, we don't really have the same. Focus on what you do have. You are blessed. You are blessed. You know, like I, I was telling the guys in the first, I'm a pastor's kid, right? And so my mom and dad said grace before every meal. I mean, oh, when you're like 14, that is a nightmare. You know, like you're there and you're like got the foods on the table. It smells amazing. It's like, God, and your dad is saying grace. And in the middle of saying grace, he gets a little waylaid and starts praying for the missionaries in Argentina. <laughs> oh. And your dad is there. Oh, Jesus, bless them. And you are like smelling the smells and you're like, oh, Jesus, can you just move my dad along a bit here? Can you just shuffle them along? It's like I'm starving. So, oh! And I remember it and it got tedious. And so when I got my family, I'm not proud of this, but we never said grace. We didn't do that. We, 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 we just were like, oh, it's much more, you know, cool. We're not, we're, all of that. And I regret that now. And now, but I'm not just saying grace before food. I'm saying grace before I go for a run. I'm saying grace before I meet friends. I'm saying grace before I come to church. I said grace on the way in today. I said, thank you, God, that I'm part of this incredible family in Coventry. Thank you, God, for Pastor Martin and Pastor Esther. I'm like, wow, I'm saying grace, not before just one or two meals, but I'm saying grace all the time because, you see, I want to be living not for granted, but I want to live in gratitude. Does this make sense? It's like I want to live in a place of thanksgiving. I want 
to live in a place of abundance. I want to focus my mind on. I have got so much to thank God for. I want to be like, wow, my children are growing up and they're healthy and strong. And I want to say thank you, God. I want to say thank you, God, that I've got breath to breathe today. I want to live in abundance. I want to live in the overflow of all that you have got for me, God. I want to live in your goodness. I don't want to focus on what I don't have. I don't want to be that guy or that woman that's always focusing on, I've not got this, I've not got that. You don't understand if only I had. Listen, if your attitude and heart is like that, even when you get the stuff you're complaining about, you're still going to complain because you're going to want other stuff. It's, I'm speaking truth, guys. It's like, you know, you might say, oh, if only I had enough for that, and I'll stop moaning when I get there. You won't stop moaning when you get there because moaning is not about what you have and what you don't have. It's a mindset. But I want to live with a mindset of abundance. I want to live in a mindset of thanksgiving and gratitude. I want to be like, God, I am alive today and I'm loving life. Thank you, God. The baskets are overflowing. And I love this. And we're finishing with this. Maybe the band could come and help me. But, you know, we're like, this is so exciting. But the kind of like people that were not even at that picnic were blessed by that little boy. Because those baskets were taken elsewhere. And that little kid's mindset impacted people that were not even at the picnic. And this is the deal. There are people in Coventry right now, not in this building, who will be impacted by you getting over yourself, getting over, getting over your limiting thoughts. Presence of God has been so real here today. I feel like God wants to do some business. I feel like some of us, we need to have that moment where we come forward and we stand in the presence of God and we're like, just like me on the edge of that. And we say, God, I, I'm not going to be intimidated by that thing anymore. I'm going to eyeball it. I'm going to look at it straight in the eye. I'm not going to allow limiting thoughts to control me. I'm not going to allow the enemy to come and intimidate me and underline the thoughts I'm already thinking, but I'm going to stand tall and I'm going to put that song into action. I am a child of God. Some of us in this room, we have all kinds of limiting thoughts. I feel to say this. I feel to say this that if your narrative was put on this screen, if the words that you think were put on that screen, it would be so sad because they're so negative. They're so limiting. There would be words there about you saying that you're not great. There would be words saying that, oh, I don't amount to much. There would be words saying, she's better than me. He's better than me. But today, many of us, we need to get over ourselves 
and let the miracle happen before the miracle happens. And that is to say, I'm not going to allow these limiting thoughts. I'm going to offer it to you, Jesus. Everything and whatever I am. This is what we're going to do in a moment. It's going to ask us to bow our heads in the presence of God. And in a moment, I'm, going to, I'm just going to pray a little prayer. And then I'm going to ask us to stand up, everyone in the building in a moment. And I'm going to pray a prayer and then I'm going to say that I feel that there are people in this room all over this building and you know that you need to respond to this. I'm going to ask you to come forward, to come right forward and to stand and to look at me and we're going to allow the prayer team to come and we're going to allow God to do some business. Father, Holy God, your presence has been so real here today. God, you are here. Would you, would you move on us today? We don't want to limit anything in Jesus' name. I wonder if church, could you stand in the presence of God? This is how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to pray. And then I'm going to count to three. And on three, if today you know that that's you, then I'm going to ask you to quietly come and just stand at the front to look up. And we're just going to have some moments where prayer team are going to come and help us. And we're going to pray for some people. We're going to have moments today where some of us are going to say, I'm, I'm getting over myself. I'm not going to allow my limiting thoughts to stop me anymore. I, I, I'm going to give everything I can. Father, Father, come. Come and do what only you can do. I'm going to count to three. And on three, why don't you come? One, two, three. Why don't you just push past and just come and stand at the front here? That's fantastic. That's great. Well done. Why don't you come? often but I got a feeling that there's a couple of people and you're still back there and you know you should be at the front and unbelievably it's your limiting thoughts that are stopping you from getting forward because you're like well you know I've done this before I've been forward before God is looking for you he's looking for you so I'm saying to you why don't you come right now wherever you are push past and you come holy God holy God holy holy God father your presence is here the guys are gonna amazingly lead us and the prayer team are gonna come and I'm gonna come and we're gonna pray and 
Church, stay involved in this, stay engaged because God's presence is very real and we want to see breakthrough in Jesus' name.